This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Mike Pearson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for making AOA a part of your day here on this Thursday. And we've got a lot to discuss today. We're going to take a look at the global weather situation with Jim Romer of Best Weather Incorporated. That'll be in the second segment of today's program. And in segment three, we're going to talk with Iowa senior Senator Charles Grassley. Going to get an update on what is going on in D.C. and what he expects the Senate to be able to do before we get to those midterm elections coming up in November. And at the end of the show, we're going to get excited, folks. We we are less than one week away from Farm Progress Show 2022 in Boone, Iowa. AOA will be broadcasting live from the show. We'll be in the Trelleborg booth 928 all three days. If you're on the grounds looking for something to do between 9 and 10, come on over. Booth 928, we'd love to see you. Hey, we might even put you on the air. Just come on by and see us. We'll be talking with Chris Neidert of Trelleborg at the end of the show, in addition to Matt Youngman, show director at the Farm Progress Show, about just what to expect as folks gather on those grounds beginning next Tuesday. Before we jump into all of that, however, there has been a lot of news out of Europe this past week with regard to fertilizer production. We've seen some plants shut down. This has been a risk in this market. Well, since Russia invaded Ukraine, and it's changing the global fertilizer balance sheets. For an update on what all is happening in that space, Dr. Mike Rob joins us now. He is a fertilizer consultant. He retired after several years at Mosaic. Prior to that, he worked at Cargill. He has been in this industry. He's seen it turn a time or two, and he joins us today for an update. Mike, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, good morning, Mike. Let's talk first and foremost, what's happened this past week over in Europe? What has caused these fertilizer production plants to shut down, Mike? Well, uh, today, uh, the price of Dutch natural gas uh, breached the $90 per MMBTU mark. So you just had an explosion of gas prices again uh, in Western Europe. And, um, you know, fertilizer nitrogen plants simply can't, can't operate on uh, gas that's, that's expensive. So... Um, our estimate is uh, you probably got half of the European nit nitrogen industry that has closed down or has announced that they are going to close down uh, in response to these higher prices. So that that is sending some shockwaves uh, throughout the uh, the nitrogen industry worldwide. Um, and, and obviously, uh, the Russians are using uh, energy as a, a political weapon against the Europeans to try to lessen their uh, support for the Ukrainians uh, in the war. So it's um, uh, Europe is in crisis is uh, kind of the bottom line. It is. And, and Mike, I, I'd kind of like to put that crisis into perspective. Uh, you know, not all of us live and breathe the natural gas futures like you have to do in the uh, in the fertilizer industry. But that $90 mark that you were seeing for Dutch natural gas, just to put that in perspective, U.S. natural gas here is around $9. Is that right? So it's 10 times more expensive in Europe. Right. Yeah. You know, U.S. natural gas prices are, you know, continue to move up uh, as well uh, in between, you know, nine and ten dollars. So, yeah, it's uh, and, and it has breached the, you know, the previous peak. Uh, those prices flew up in earlier this year and uh, after the war broke out and, uh, you know, breached seventy dollars, which we thought was high. But, uh, you know, with the. Uh, uh, you know, maintenance that uh, will be done on the Nord Stream pipeline next week. Um, uh, and, and, you know, shut off for a complete shut off for a few days and, you know, the expectation that the Russians will not supply more than about 20 percent of, of normal uh, supplies into Europe. Um, you know, the Europeans simply are concerned about getting enough gas to uh, put in storage uh, to heat homes this winter and are probably praying for a very mild winter. And then throw on top of that, you know, all of the other complications with regard to, uh, you know, U.S. LNG exports to Europe have been reduced by the fire and explosion in, um, you know, one of the largest uh, liquefaction facilities in Texas uh, earlier this year, and that plant is expected to stay down or run at reduced rates for uh, the rest of this year. Uh, the drought in Europe has caused uh, water levels in, you know, major rivers, particularly the Rhine, uh, to drop to very low levels, uh, so they're having 
trouble getting coal to uh, utility plants. Um, they're having problems with uh, not enough water or water uh, temperatures that are too high to cool some of their nuclear plants and, and so forth. So Europe is uh, really encountering some very, very difficult conditions. And those conditions, particularly in the fertilizer space, are being added on top of the other redu reductions and restrictions we're seeing from fertilizer export countries. Mike, how much will these shutdowns in Europe impact the overall nitrogen supply balance sheet here as we get into fall? Uh, the, they are going to impact global values. Um, you know, Europe, uh, Europe's uh, ammonia capacity is roughly about 16 million tons. Um, they account in, in big round numbers for roughly 10% of, of global nitrogen supplies. Um, so that the shutdown of this industry is going to have you know, repercussions worldwide. And, and we're beginning to see that. I, I see that uh, today, I think the Egyptians sold urea into Europe at over $815 per ton. Um, we're beginning to see um, large values of urea go up in the US, um, nitrogen or ammonia prices are on the rise. Uh, you know, Europe is pulling in ammonia from all parts of the world, including, you know, the United States and Trinidad. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to impact values. Um, you know, the, the nitrogen values in the U.S., you know, had come down. Um, and I think there are some, you know, relatively attractive uh, prices out there right now. Um, you know, for example, with uh, the summer fill ammonia prices and some of the fall prepay prices, uh, I think are are going to look pretty attractive relative to where this um, you know this all might uh, go. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I think we're on the brink of, of seeing another bit of a, a spike in uh, nitrogen values worldwide uh, due to the chaos going on in Europe. At this time time of year, Mike, are Brazilian buyers securing those fertilizer needs on the international market, or are most of them already in country for those South American growers? You know, uh, you know you're really talking about uh, kind of soybean production in, in Brazil, and that is largely phosphate and potash. And uh, yeah, the Brazilians, you know, when, you know, going back to October of last year, when the Chinese uh, indicated that they were going to curtail exports of phosphate and nitrogen. And then when the war broke out uh, on February 24th, you know, that, that really, given the dependence of the Brazilians on imported product from, um, you know, from places like China and Russia and, and so forth, they, they really got their buying shoes on. And they went out and uh, began to buy lots of, uh, particularly phosphate and potash, uh, beginning yeah, in the fourth quarter yeah. of last year. So they're they're very well stocked. Uh, their their imports increased dramatically last year, uh, and through the first seven months of, of this year, uh, their uh, potash and phosphate imports are up significantly. So they're 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 loaded and, and ready to go in terms of uh, their upcoming planting season. All right. Well, that's something good news there for those Brazilian growers. U.S. growers might need to follow suit. Time to get those supplies locked down. Mike Rom, Mike Rom Consulting, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, my pleasure. You're welcome, Mike. And folks, stick around. We're going to talk global weather with Jim Romer when AOA returns. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Are you headed to the Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa this year? If so, stop by the Trelleborg Wheel Systems booth to see all the latest in tires. Also, Mike Pearson of Agriculture of America will be broadcasting live all three days there from the Trelleborg Wheel Systems booth. That's booth 928. Stop by to watch the show at 9 a.m. And that's in Trelleborg booth 928. We'll see you in Boone at the Farm Progress Show. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with Vapor Grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. 
They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of bear plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Tune in the first Wednesday of every month to listen to The Monthly Grind here on AOA. It's brought to you by our friends at the National Corn Growers Association, and each month we're going to dig into one specific aspect of corn demand. What happens to this grain after it leaves your operations and enters the global supply chain? That's what we're going to talk about each month on The Monthly Grind. Again, that's the first Wednesday of every month, and you can also find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's a show you don't want to miss. You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, and the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We We win. We 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 are are the the foundation foundation fighting blindness. blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back to AOA, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you taking the time to make us a part of your day. We are looking forward to connecting with Jim Romer here in just a bit of Best Weather, Inc. But uh, while we're waiting for Jim to get on the line here, we do have a couple of updates. We have been tracking, as you folks well know, it's not just AOA. Every media organization in the country lately has been tracking the economic health of the U.S. economy. We've been doing this using a variety of different measures. Of course, we've seen the CPI data, right? The consumer price inflation numbers. Those have stabilized, I guess, depending on the economist that you talk to, but certainly still well elevated over years past. We've been looking at retail sales. How much have U.S. consumers been spending? And we've continued to be spending lots and lots of money. A lot of that COVID cash had been piled up for the past two years. It has been working its way through the economy. We have been seeing retail sales trickle down a little bit, but still stay well elevated above that pre-COVID baseline, which is kind of how we have to measure the economy anymore. We've got this huge shift from 2020 to 2022. Now the question is, how do those extra funds impact the world going forward? And how are Americans really doing if we get beyond this big picture look at uh, the economy. So now we're starting to see folks take a look more in detail. What are some of the factors that are out there that could be showing some cracks in the U.S. economy. What are some things that that are really showing how inflation is impacting consumers' choices? And there have been a couple of data points over the past several weeks that I think should give any bull on the U.S. economy pause. Most recently, in fact, just yesterday, Bloomberg reported that a record high 20 million U.S. homes are currently behind on those energy bills. Uh, This has been developing over the summer. I said record high. We have matched the record that was set back in March uh, in terms of total dollars outstanding on U.S. utility balances. This record is total number of U.S. consumers. These are folks that just can't pay those bills. And a lot of times when utility companies are shutting off the juice, they're they're not 
doing it. And every state is different with regard to the laws on on how much is allowed to shut down. Um, but for the most part, these aren't being shut off instantaneously. These are consumers who have been unable to pay their power bill for the past several months, and it continues to accelerate. The reason this is concerning, folks, is what we just talked about with Dr. Mike Rahm. This global natural gas supply situation is a scary one right now. Prices in Europe, $90 for a million uh, cubic BTUs of natural gas. I always forget how they measure natural gas, but it is by BTU. $90 for a million BTUs. Again, in the United States, we're at $9. And that is still uh, almost more than doubling over a year ago. So this global energy crunch is going to be driving up prices. And that has a lot of policymakers concerned as this data point came out about U.S. consumers falling behind on their utilities. They're falling behind and utility rates are still relatively low compared to the rest of the world. Uh, UK uh, insurance prices year over year are up 53.5%. Across the euro area more broadly, utility electric prices are up 32.8%. In Japan, they are up 18%. And the US still sitting relatively pretty. We're seeing prices up 13.7% year over year. And even with that, 20 million Americans are currently unable to keep up with those power bills. And uh, it, it, we are expecting to see that number climb because there just isn't that federal stimulus that was out there this past year as, uh, as, as these folks were looking to, to make those payments. The other concern we've got, and this is something that has been percolating in the energy markets for some time, we saw a major rally yesterday in crude oil as the Saudi Arabian energy minister came publicly to say that they believe that the futures market for crude oil and the physical market for crude oil were not behaving in the same format. Basically, his allegation was that so many participants have left the futures industry that has reduced open interest, it has added to the volatility, and it has made that market less able to effectively price the risk that the Saudis believe currently exist in this oil market. And they use that or they mentioned that as a potential pretext to cut production. Remember, President Biden was over there just about a uh, month and a half ago talking to the Saudis about increasing their crude oil production. They came out at the time with a very, it was a rare statement at the time. They said they believed that the Saudi Arabian oil production was about maxed out. Uh, 13 million barrels a day was about the maximum the Saudis believed they could do. That helped stabilize oil prices at that elevated level for about six weeks. And then as this recession fear continued to climb and we started to see oil prices deteriorate, you've got to remember on Friday, crude oil was trading sub $90. And that uh, coincidentally is just when the Prince of Saudi Arabia announced that, oh, we might have to cut production. That has added about 6% to the overall price of crude oil. Right now, we've got West Texas Intermediate in the October contract trading down 56 cents, but still at 94 31. And at Friday, we were at $89. So we are still seeing that big jump. The globe is still highly concerned about energy availability and about energy access. The other uh, thought that Mike mentioned, Dr. Rahm mentioned here at the first segment of the show that had not occurred to me was the low river levels in across Europe in this heat wave that they have been experiencing. Uh, for those of you that tuned in yesterday, John Holzman was on the program, a geopolitical strategist, and he lives in Milan, Italy. And, uh, and he, he and I spoke uh, after the show, and he said this is the, the worst drought he's ever seen in his time there. The folks he talked to believe this is a 500-year drought event currently happening across Europe. That has reduced river levels, which, as Dr. Rahm mentioned, uh, means they're not able to get the barges of coal up the rivers in in order to run their power plants. So in order to generate more power, they can't use hydro because the water levels are low. They can't use their rivers to get their barges of coal upstream to their coal-fired power plants. And in France, at least, a lot of the nuclear power plants use river water to cool them. And as the water levels drop and the heat wave has accelerated across Europe, that river water has gotten too warm to be used to pull heat off these nuclear reactors. Effectively, what the environmentalists in Europe say happen is the water gets sucked into the nuclear reactors. It has to be cold enough that it can pass over, do its cooling, heat up, up and then be released back into the water without too much of a temperature climb 
because those temperature increases can harm fish. So the regulators in Europe, what happens is that river water temperature rises, they shut down the ability of those nuclear power plants to borrow that water and to use it to cool their facilities because they don't want that hot water coming back into the rivers. And that means that effectively the only place Europe has in order to add more energy capacity is in natural gas. And circling back to that fertilizer conversation we had with Dr. Rahm, in most industries, in almost every industry, if I'm a manufacturer and I build widgets and I shut down my factory, my widget factory, I don't have an income, right? Because I'm not making the widgets that I'm selling. I can sell off what I've got in stock and, and you know, maybe find some in the storeroom and get those moved and generate a little cash. Th that's how most industries operate when they shut down production. Commodity-focused industries, of course, are very different because what happens is those nitrogen plants have already secured the natural gas, likely, that they are going to be needing at least for the short term, possibly for as long as a year, based on how their hedging operations are focused. So when these fertilizer plants shut down, they're not going into hibernation. They're not losing a ton of income. What they're now doing is they are now natural gas resellers. And they're able to sell those contracts that they bought, perhaps back when natural gas was sub $10 in Europe. Now that it's over 90, that's how these fertilizer facilities, these fertilizer producers across Europe, this is how they're going to cover their nut. They are just going to flip their positions from being short natural gas, right? Because they are, excuse me, being long natural gas because they were the natural owners of this product as they were going to convert it into nitrogen fertilizer. And now they're going to, over the next several months, likely get short on their natural gas positions as they sell their supplies to the incredible demand that is coming from the energy sector. This is a situation that we are going to have to keep a very close eye on, of course, as quality of life deteriorates in Europe, which it, I would assume, naturally will have to do with energy prices being what they are, that's when tensions get high. That's when things on the geopolitical stage change. And that is certainly what Vladimir Putin is likely hoping for. We heard that from John Holzman yesterday. This is a part of his strategy. I apologize. Couldn't make the connection with Jim Romer of Best Weather. We will continue to work with him. We will get him on in a future episode. Before we jump to the break, though, I did want to note that uh, crop tours are still going on and corn yields yesterday pegged by scouts in Nebraska at 158 and a half bushels per acre, folks. This is catching the market a little bit by surprise because last year we had those uh, that yield at 182.4 bushels on that same report. So uh, again, we're consistently seeing lower than expected yields across the countryside, across the Corn Belt. No doubt that will factor into a lot of traders' decision-making here over the next two months as that harvest rolls towards completion. Folks, stick around. When AOA returns, we'll be checking in with Iowa Senior Senator Charles Grassley, who I believe just yesterday wrapped up his 99-county tour. We'll get the scoop on what he's hearing from Iowans and what he's seeing in Washington, D.C. when AOA returns. Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with vapor grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system. The system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of Bayer plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. 
Well, as we take a look at the market trade so far this morning, Quart is to the upside once again. It's the seventh straight day that corn's been moving higher. While we see the wheat markets, they are mixed with soybeans under a bit of pressure here this morning. Overall, fairly quiet start to our trade day in grains. Livestock, much of the same as we're kind of just mixed right around the unchanged mark a little bit lower here as we work through our morning so far. We're watching the uh, Midwest crop tour continue. More varied results from the eastern and western legs of the tour. They'll wrap that up today. I know the trade has been watching those numbers closely with one eye. Brazilian uh, government supply agency Conab put up some aggressive production estimates for the new 22-23 crop season, including a 3.5% increase in soybean plantings, coupling with increased yields to result in a massive 150-plus million ton crop and total crop production of a record 308 million metric tons. Now, while U.S. crop acreage ever so slowly declines, Brazil's continues to increase year over year, thanks mostly to a switch from pasture land. Total production more than doubled in the last six years, up to 21-22. CF Industries announced they would temporarily halt ammonia production at its remaining United Kingdom plant due to high natural gas prices in Europe. That's another situation we are watching closely as well. Few numbers in the trade. December quarter up six and three quarters, six sixty-four. Soybeans November down six and a half, fourteen fifty and a half. Chicago wheat September quarter penny lower, seven ninety-four and three quarters. September KC wheat up four at nine and a quarter. Spring wheat September six higher, nine thirteen and three quarters. Live cattle August down twenty-seven, one forty-one oh five. Feeder cattle August up thirty-five, one eighty-one fifty-seven. October hogs down twenty at ninety seventeen. This is AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen reporting. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner too. Through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. AOA continues here on this Thursday, August 25th. Joining us now is Iowa's senior senator, Mr. Chuck Grassley, who I believe, and Senator, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe you have just wrapped up your 99-county tour. Is that right? No, next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I will wrap them up. I've got six to go yet. I did... Uh... I had, uh, before the August break started, I had 19 to do, and I'm down to six, and we'll finish them middle of next week. All right, and that'll be the 42nd year, Senator, that you have done the 99-county tour here across the state of Iowa. Is that right? Yes, and uh, like yesterday in Rock Rapids, I had an open town meeting. Then I met with small business people in Sibley. Then I went to uh, uh, Spirit Lake and had a meeting there, and uh, then another uh, factory in uh, Clay County, and that finishes up northwest Iowa. I have some counties in southwest Iowa yet to do. And uh, All right, well, by the way, I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask you, Northwest Iowa, of course, drought country. I just wondered what you'd heard from growers and from folks there in Rock Rapids. Well, I uh, they didn't discuss the droughts much, but they are in a droughty area, similar to what I uh, uh, where I live in Butler County. 
We had droughts last year. Last year at this time, we had about 10 inches of rain. This time of the year, we have about 18 inches so far since May the 1st. So it's uh, just opposite what they were doing up in northwest Iowa last uh, week. But uh, farmers were talking about uh, the uh, problems with uh, uh, on fertilizer, driving up the price of fertilizer 30 or two or three hundred percent. They were complaining about the cost of diesel. They were basically complaining about Biden's energy programs that have driven these costs up. And uh, uh, we also, I guess I said we talked about trade as well. Uh, we also uh, talked about my cattle bill. People that are cattle feeders want to know when Schumer might bring that up. I'm counting on Tester, my Democrat counterpart, to talk Schumer into getting it up in September. I think we'll have the votes to get it passed. And uh, then uh, there's some of these farmers that are, uh, on top of what's going on in Washington, uh, complaining about the federal government requiring uh, farmers to keep track of their carbon footprint and uh, and uh, how much uh, carbon you're sequestering and how much maybe you're putting greenhouse gas in the air. Uh, there's no way that the farmers can have that information at hand to supply to their banker if they're going to get a loan or to their local cooperative, or or to their dairy cooperative, if they're dairy farmers. And so 14, maybe 15 of us wrote the Security and Exchange Commission to say how ridiculous it was for farmers to have to keep track of that stuff uh, and uh, hopefully bring some common sense to some of these uh, these. Uh, programs that don't follow the common sense rule. Senator, you have just listed a laundry list of things that I hear about from listeners all the time that are very important as well. And I want to start with that SEC disclosure, that that tracking your climate change greenhouse gas emissions up and down the supply chain. That's a huge potential rule. As you mentioned, it's it's being promulgated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. And I hear from folks, what, what can the Senate do? What can our representatives do to get this thing slowed down? Is it is writing a letter our, our best choice from the Senate? Well, we, if if it comes out as a regulation, and I don't think it has come out as a regulation yet, it's just something that by guidance they're kind of forcing on corporations and private businesses, and then, of course, that eventually hits the farmer. But if it's a regulation, we could uh, rescind that regulation by just a simple majority vote of the United States Senate. You don't have to have 60 votes or something like that. Otherwise, we got to count on a couple other things. Maybe uh, us uh, trying to explain to the Security and Exchange Commission how irresponsible and unrealistic it is to expect farmers to have this sort of information. Or uh, maybe, maybe it'll be tested in the courts, and I hope it would be. Now, under a decision that the Supreme Court made in June, with the new majority of six to three, uh, that I helped get those people on the Supreme Court, we uh, uh, we're in a position with that what we call the West Virginia case that dealt with EPA and uh, carbon dioxide regulation. Uh, the Supreme Court very clearly said that EPA didn't have the statutory authority to do it. So that uh, decision is going to ripple through the bureaucracy that uh, if the Security and Exchange Commission thinks they have authority to do what you and I are talking about, uh, they better uh, be able to point to somewheres in the law that they have that authority, or otherwise it will go up against the West Virginia case. And, of course, it would take a new, it would take a new court case to actually uh, make this decision if the SEC isn't smart enough to see that they could be on the losing end of it and back off.
All right. So we've got both the courts as an opportunity to rescind this rule and also the Senate once the regulation is officially promulgated. Senator, I did want to circle back on your cattle market price discovery and transparency bill. You have been working that bill for the better part of a year in this Congress. You mentioned it sounds promising for a September hearing in the conversations about the bill. Has anything changed much before it gets to the uh, the full Senate, hopefully? Uh, no, no, I think we've got the bill pretty much compromised from where Fisher and I started with two separate bills a year ago. And uh, we're just, she and I being involved in a negotiation. Now we have 10 Republican, 10 Democrat co-sponsors. And uh, that's a pretty good start to get a bill out of committee by uh, voice vote. So that means practically everybody on the on the agriculture committee was in favor of it. It's just a matter of getting Schumer to schedule it. It hasn't changed much since it got out of committee uh, in June. All right. So we'll be watching for that in September, watching for updates from uh, uh, Senator Schumer's office to see when it gets on the schedule. Senator, while we've got you, the big topic of conversation this week, of course, remains inflation and some of the recent moves by the Biden administration that might increase it. The student debt forgiveness, Senator, is this something you, you feel the Biden administration should be doing? Oh, absolutely not. I don't think they have the authority to do it. I think we have a legal opinion from an Obama White House lawyer that was published in the uh, Wall Street Journal a couple of months ago saying they didn't have the authority to do it. Obviously, they do think they have the authority to do it, and unless it's challenged in the courts, they'll probably get away with it, and I don't know what the courts will say, uh, but I, as proof of the fact I don't think they have the authority to do it, I've joined Senator Thune on a bill saying that the president doesn't have the authority to do it. Obviously, Schumer's not going to bring that up because he supports what the president's doing, but just think of the unfairness of it. Uh, it's unfair to those people that paid their student loan off. It's unfair to those people that didn't go to college that are working uh, to pay taxes uh, to pay for it. It's unfair to uh, people that worked their way through college uh, and uh, didn't borrow any money. Uh, and where where does this slippery slope end when you get down to the point of somebody's going to say, well, when, why don't I get some help on my car loan? And then the other thing is, it's $300 billion feeding the fires of inflation. After just two weeks ago, the Democrats, by a majority, uh, a, 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 a partisan majority of 51 to 50 in the United States Senate, they already spent 413 billion dollars on green energy programs feeding the fires of inflation when is this going to understand that uh, they still must think that their uh, inflation is transitory like it was a year ago no it's not transitory it's persistent and they're making it worse by this uh, uh, canceling of this debt Indeed, indeed. And Senator, it is not too terribly far away from the midterm elections. You mentioned cattle market bill might be on the docket here in September. Are there any other major pieces of legislation you think could at least get to a vote here before the midterm elections come around? Well, it's on, it's mostly unrelated to agriculture, but the Klobuchar Grassley bill taking on Amazon and Google because they discriminate against products of small business because they prior prioritize their own products on the uh, their platforms and the small business that use their platforms are uh, being uh, discriminated against uh, that's another bill that Schumer said he's going to put on the July agenda that didn't get up that I hope can get up all right and does that have a pretty bipartisan support you mentioned Senator Klobuchar on board with that one as well yes yeah oh she's uh, I'd give her credit for being the main author of it, but uh, she did. Uh, uh, I joined her because she compromised quite a bit from a more aggressive bill that the House of Representatives passed that would never get 60 votes in the United States Senate. Well, there we go. Politics is the art of the possible. Senator Grassley has been practicing that art for some time. Thanks for joining us today, Senator. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And folks, stick around. We're going to be talking with Matt Youngman of the Farm Progress Show and Chris Snyder of Trelleborg when AOA returns.
Hi, this is Mike Pearson. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. Don't go away. More AOA coming right up. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. A good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Are you headed to the Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa this year? If so, stop by the Trelleborg Wheel Systems booth to see all the latest in tires. Also, Mike Pearson of Agriculture of America will be broadcasting live all three days there from the Trelleborg Wheel Systems booth. That's booth 928. Stop by to watch the show at 9 a.m. And that's in Trelleborg booth 928. We'll see you in Boone at the Farm Progress Show. every Tuesday for Around the Table brought to you by CHS as we examine how the modern cooperative system solves today's biggest challenges. We'll be talking to CHS experts and farmers and ranchers just like you. And we'll learn how cooperatives apply innovation and technology to help co-op owners get more value every day. Join us Around the Table every Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex soybeans and the exceptional weed control of Extend to Max herbicide with Vapor Grip technology. Elite genetics, triple herbicide tolerance, flexibility that delivers results, backed by 25 years of innovation. That's the Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system of choice. Extend to Max is a restricted-use pesticide. Always follow stewardship practices, all pesticide label directions, and check with your state pesticide regulatory agency for specific restrictions in your state. They say if you listen hard enough, you can hear the corn grow. It's true. When you're out in the field, you understand its challenges and what it needs to thrive. Channel Seedsmen bring insights from the field to our team of bear plant breeders. Their knowledge inspires our product development. From your best ground to your most challenging conditions, our products are designed to perform in your fields. Visit ChannelListens.com to see our latest innovations. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. The archaeological record suggests that wheat was first cultivated in the regions of the Fertile Crescent, also known as the Cradle of Civilization, around 9600 B.C. The Roman goddess Ceres, who was deemed protector of the grain, gave grains their common name today, cereal. Wheat is the primary grain used in U.S. grain products. Approximately three-quarters of all U.S. grain products are made from wheat flour. The first bagel rolled into the world in 1683 when a baker from Vienna, Austria, was thankful to the king of Poland for saving Austria from 
Turkish invaders, the baker reshaped the local bread so that it resembled the king's stirrup. The new bread was called bugel, derived from the German word for stirrup. Ancient traditional tortillas were made from ground corn by Mexican natives as long as 2,000 years ago. However, flour tortillas only started to become popular in the 19th century. More types of foods are made with wheat than with any other cereal grain. These farm facts brought to you by the American Egg Network. You're listening to AOA, Agriculture of America. This is Mike Pearson, and you can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AOA. Folks, I don't know if you've heard this. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it quite yet, but AOA will be broadcasting live next week at the Farm Progress Show from the Trelleborg booth each day from 9 to 10 a.m. That is booth number 928. I've mentioned it because I am very, very excited to get back to Boone, to get on the show grounds, to see the first real Farm Progress Show in Boone in four years. Folks, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I know the folks we've got in this next segment are excited. Joining me is Matt Youngman, the events director at the Farm Progress Show. I believe he is in Boone getting things ready. Matt, how's it look? Well, it's it's looking really, really good. We've had great weather for setup, and the noise in the background you're about to hear is literally the very first ears of corn being picked. The, the John Deere X9 has uh, just unfolded the 12 row head and he's about to just nose in and, and we're going to see how wet this corn is going to be next week oh man it is getting very very close we're going to see all those machines running in the field next tuesday wednesday and thursday and if you're there come on by the trailer booth 928 you'll have a chance to talk with me if you come by during the show maybe you'll be on the air and i almost guarantee you'll get a chance to speak with chris Nidert, who also joins me here he's the director of marketing and training at Trelleborg. and chris tell me are you getting excited for farm progress 22 well, Mike, top of the morning to you. Absolutely. You know, we're coming down the home stretch here. Next week is it. As I've said on every show, it's our Super Bowl. We're at booth 928. We're right on Central Avenue. We're excited. We've moved to a bigger booth. I know Matt Youngman's uh, happy with that. We're between 9th and 10th Street. So we've got a lot of product there. Everybody, all our staff's going to be there, the salespeople, the field engineers, and we've got a lot of product on display. So come by and we would love to talk to you. And yes, Mike, we are excited. And it's worth noting, of course, that the Trelleborg Mitas products won't just be in the booth. There's one very notable exception, Chris. This is a repeat visit for the tractor that's gonna be on the pond. You're gonna have a floating tractor out there again this year, aren't you? Yes, we are, uh, Mike. We're trying to demonstrate the importance of flotation. We're going to have METOS, uh, our wide METOS tires on a New Holland tractor. It'll be floating in the pond. It's quite a unique thing to see, but it is really being held up. The tires are making that tractor float. So come by that pond, and I think it's on the way to the demonstration field. So, uh, yeah, there's another neat thing that we're bringing to the show. Matt, that is one of the things, the, the floating tractor, the displays, getting there. Talk to me a little bit. If folks have never had the opportunity to make it to Farm Progress and they want to come on Tuesday, they want to be there when the gates open, what's it like? What's the traffic like? What's changed this year? Are they going to be able to get parking? Absolutely. We, we are actually laying the parking lots out right now. We've got uh, a, a brand new third lane of traffic along the west side of the facility feeding off of Highway 30. So you just find your way to toward get yourself onto I-35 and head towards Ames, go west on Highway 30 for six, seven miles, and then we're on the north side. You really can't miss it when you when you pull up. Um, you know, you can go to farmprogressshow.com, buy your advance tickets, and surf the map and get yourself prepared. But uh, gates will open at 8. We'll have an opening ceremony starting at 7.30, sponsored by Whiffle. But, uh, you know, and, and then when you're here, Try to take in all 85 acres of exhibit field and 350 acres of field demonstrations. I, I've got to mention that METOS really stole the show yesterday at Media Day. They, uh, they allowed some of the host farmers and, and media members to get in that tractor and take it for a spin, and uh, that, was, that was the headline coming out of Media Day yesterday. 
<laughs> that is very cool. Chris, I've got a technical question for you. Ordinarily, if I'm driving a tractor, I'm a farmer, I'm an operator, I'm a driver. I'm curious, once you nose that tractor out over the water and it's floating, could I call myself captain if I'm driving the tractor? Absolutely. Absolutely. You would be Captain Pearson. And uh, we I think we've got a, a companion seat in there. Somebody would be your first mate. So uh, uh, it is uh, we will bestow the captain uh, name to you, Mike. All right, folks. Well, I'm taking first mate applications. You can find us on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show. I am very excited. It is going to be a lot of fun to be there. Matt, in addition to the combines that are going to be running or to see how wet that corn is, what other demonstrations are going to be on hand for those folks who really want to kind of get their nails dirty and get out in the field? Yeah, so we'll we'll harvest about 60 acres of corn every day, and then we'll turn right around on that same field and run the tillage tools, everything from strip till to, to deep ripper type tillage to vertical tillage, secondary tillage, just about everything is running out there. And then uh, all throughout the day, there's there's the ride and drives and the autonomy zone where you can uh, get up close and personal with some of these autonomous machines and, and learn more about, about that technology as it, as it evolves quickly. There's, uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be unveiled along those lines on Tuesday morning. So there'll be even more new entrants than anybody's even heard of to this point by the time the show opens on Tuesday. Well, that is fantastic. And, and Matt, you said something important there. First is going to be the combining, and then, of course, it'll roll into tillage. That reminds me, different things happen at different days. Do you have a finalized show schedule yet for the entire event? Yes, and we do try as hard as we can to make sure that whether you come on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, you're going to see the same show. So at 11 o'clock every day, the combines roll. At 2 o'clock every day, tillage rolls. Um, gates open at 8 o'clock every day. So no matter which day you decide to come or multiple days, you're going to get to see the same show, with the exception of, of course, that Lee Bryce concert on Wednesday at the close of the show. Absolutely, folks. And that's included in your ticket. If you're going to be there on Wednesday, just wander over to the concert stage. You won't miss it, and you will be allowed right in. Chris, I understand it is going to be not just stuff on display at the Trelleborg booth. AOA will be broadcasting 9 to 10, and then you've got events happening for the rest of the week, don't you? Yes, we have a, an educational area there. Besides you being there, we are going to have some panels on various subjects. I think one of them is carbon sequestration, another one is soil health. So come on in, not only with higher information, but we will have some other agricultural information. So stop by us, 928 on Central Avenue. See everybody next and Absolutely. See you there. We'll be there from 9 to 10 and sticking around afterwards, folks. We want to see you there. Matt Youngman's going to be running around the whole show. Get your tickets. Get that schedule. Go to farmprogressshow.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow for more AOA. This is Mike Pearson. Thanks for listening to Agriculture of America. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Would you know what to do in a poison emergency? Would you know whom to call? Well, the answer is poison help. 1-800-222-1222. Poison help is a 24-7 government hotline staffed by poison experts. It's free to call and available in over 100 languages. Every second counts in a poison emergency. Don't waste it wondering who to call. Save poison help in your phone today. 1-800-222-1222. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council.